I had a very strange childhood. I had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. Hey everyone, Casper Schultz here. Conventional medicine can be a complicated field for many to navigate. You've got so many specialties and it seems like new ones are coming up all the time. But the truth is, integrative and alternative medicine isn't that easy to follow either. From acupuncturists to chiropractors to osteopaths to homeopaths. There's a number of different practitioners out there. And then you have one that's really growing in popularity but has some mystery to it. I'm talking about naturopathic doctors. But do you actually know what an ND does and what to expect from one? Are they even physicians? And can they prescribe medications like a conventional doctor would? At Innovative Medicine, we've always been about presenting multiple views and shining lights on the best options to restore and preserve health. That's why this episode is focused on naturopathy and the efforts to better define what that means as well as how you can have more access to this approach of healing. Because as you'll see, it's not always easy to be accepted when you're the new kid on the block, especially in medicine. To help out in explaining what NDs do and what some of their challenges are that they're facing right now, I turn to an old friend and president of the New York Association of Naturopathic Physicians, also known as the NYANP. This is the story of naturopathic medicine with Dr. Tia Trivisono. Let's start with um, really going into your starting points sure. here and, and kind of your path, because it was an interesting one. And you discussed this just before with me, but I want to reshare this with the audience. So how did you get into holistic health and what led you into being a naturopathic physician? Sure. It's a great question. So uh, initially, actually, when I was in high school, my father was dealing with some health issues, his kidneys and his heart, where um, he was having some symptoms in both of those systems. And uh, eventually he was in, um, had kidney disease and he was on dialysis. And as my family was going through that, we were having a lot of visits to different specialists and things like this. And he had his challenges with some of the medications and some of the procedures that he had to have. And I just remember, it was like a light bulb moment, one day when we were in the uh, doctor's office after he had had a procedure, my mother saying, I just wish someone would look at him like a whole person. You know, mm. right now we're really focused on his kidneys, we're focused on his heart, but these treatments sometimes seem to be, you know, if we do the heart-focused treatment, there's a problem with the kidney and vice versa. And what seems to be missing is, is viewing him really as a whole person. So in that moment, you know, before I was even considering medicine, a light bulb went off and I thought to myself, well, there has to be that. That has to exist already, you right. know, and I really wasn't familiar at that point with naturopathic medicine. I knew about, you know, different kinds of medicine, but didn't know uh, so much in terms of exactly what the degree was or things like this. Um, and at that point, I was college and, and beginning college and wasn't studying medicine at the time. But as I started to become really passionate just about reading about these things on my own, I was really drawn to the natural medicine approach, the holistic approach. And then I began through travels to kind of learn a little bit more about indigenous medicine and uh, started reading up on the career of naturopathic medicine and, and 
the more I learned, the more I wanted to learn. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, that kind of propelled me forward. Right. And, and you brought up there traveling. And I think yeah. that's, that's a huge piece in understanding medicine, again, from a different perspective. Because mm -hmm. you've mentioned indigenous people, Ecuador, yes. you're in Ayurvedic in India, you spent time in Paraguay, right? Yes, yes. How, how did those travels to those places really impact you as you moved forward more mm -hmm. into the medical side? Yeah, they definitely just paved the way for me in terms of education and empowerment for people and to learn more about how people across the world are relating to their environment and then even using what's in their environment for health. So uh, my father did pass away when I was 20. So part of my education and my travel was a little bit of soul searching for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, but also every place that I went, you know, kind of sh spending time with families in different cultures and seeing what they were using in the kitchen mm -hmm. for their health. And then uh, specifically, when I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Paraguay, you are aligned with a homestay family. And my homestay father knew that I was interested in natural medicine. So he would walk me through the garden and we would go through all the different herbs that were there. They have a tradition of drinking mate, which mm -hmm. is a warm tea beverage that's kind of a you know really beautiful ritual they do every morning as the sun's coming up. It's a time to kind of just talk about what's going on in life life and with the family and you know a quiet time before the working day starts and so they'll they'll hand pick remedies from their garden to put into the mate and then once it gets hotter during the day they drink an iced version and so he would teach me about all of the different herbs that were in the yard and how this one is good for the stomach this one is good for a sore throat you know and even more complicated things like they were quite aware of this is good for you know treating a parasite or a microbial mm -hmm. infection uh, and just kind of a knowledge that people have it, because they've learned through the tradition of natural medicine in their own environment how to care for themselves when they don't have maybe access to some of the more uh, conventional things we're using. So a couple of experiences I had there, including um, I myself had a really bad poison ivy uh, and was able to heal it just using oats that they had in their uh, yeah. kitchen, <laughs> and it was it was pretty severe. And at a point I thought, you know, maybe I'm going to have to go and seek some medical help for this because I was getting really swollen. And uh, just through talking with the community members, I was able to find a remedy that worked. And it really just kept me passionate and kept me eager to learn more about, you know, what are things that we have in our environment that are affordable to us, available to us, that would also enhance our desire to protect the natural environment and work with it for our healing. Yeah, so a lot of naturopathic medicine, as you know, I understand, as I'm sure a lot of people understand, is utilizing what is in nature to help us heal. Mm -hmm, correct? Absolutely. But, but people still, I think, don't understand exactly what a naturopathic doctor does. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot of confusion, I think, even on the conventional side of what certain yes. roles do in there. What's the difference? RN, uh, you know, NP, MA, you know, but then you go into a whole nother side of acupuncturist versus osteopath versus, right. you know, ND versus yes. DND. So could you tell us in simplest terms, yes. in layman terms, what is a naturopathic doctor and what do they, uh, basically, what do they do? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And you're <laughs> correct. There's so many different things out there now in terms of, you know, medical professionals. It's really hard to know. And the, the term naturopathic doctor incorporates quite a lot, but mm-hmm. it is very commonly confused with things like homeopath, uh, naturopath, health coach, you know, all of the many of the different things you mentioned. So in simplest terms, a naturopathic doctor is trained as a primary care physician, but from a preventive standpoint. So the idea is that you optimize health and wellness using the least invasive methods possible. Now, so that said, a naturopathic doctor who attends an accredited school within the United States, we go through national board exams once we finish our education, similar to that of a medical doctor or a DO. Uh, A naturopathic doctor has to take all of the, you know, same biomedical courses initially, the biosciences, and then we go through clinical rotations and these kinds of things. They're trained to read labs, to evaluate lab work, basically essentially to diagnose and treat illness. Mm -hmm. Now, the scope of practice is different in different states, and we may get into that later, but essentially a naturopathic doctor aims to get to the root cause of any illness and looks at preventive uh, measures first and is uh, at the level of a diagnostician, a clinician, uh, truly a doctor. Right. Now, a lot of people who probably know something about medicine would say, isn't that very similar to what a functional physician would do or yes. an integrative physician? So are there, there are obviously similarities, but there mm-hmm. are, are there differences in how a naturopath would approach a patient versus a more functional and integrative doctor, MD, would approach patients? Sure, absolutely. I think that you're correct. Those things are very similar. Mm -hmm. And I would say the main difference would be the guiding principles of naturopathic medicine. So naturopathic medicine, as I mentioned before, uh, follows certain principles and a philosophy. And that philosophy is to get to the root cause of the imbalance, doctor as teacher, uh, prevention first, and treat the whole person. Functional medicine uh, is looking at things from that standpoint. Point, but perhaps uh, from a more looking at biochemistry and seeing where pathways in the body may be having some issues and then utilizing, let's say, nutrition, herbs, minerals to correct that. In naturopathic medicine, I, I do feel that the aim is to still go a little bit deeper in terms of looking at the root cause of imbalance for the patient and including things like, you know, could there be some emotional trauma? Could there be something directly in their own environment? So the there are similarities with functional medicine, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say that the naturopathic doctor is looking a little bit more into the natural environment and from a vitalist perspective, mm-hmm. get, get using these guiding principles to really look at the whole person. Got it. Now, in terms of things like energy, and you're mm-hmm. talking about TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, is that something a naturopath would be educated in and, and apply mm-hmm. in practice? Uh, many naturopathic doctors also have licenses in acupuncture mm-hmm. and did study uh, Chinese medicine. Right. So there are, you, you may find naturopathic doctors who have that license as well. Uh, if they don't, because they chose to just pursue a degree as a naturopathic 
naturopathic doctor and didn't pursue any Chinese medicine, they would be trained still in energy um, mm-hmm. and kind of a lot of the naturopathic medical tradition comes from European nature cure practitioners who looked at, let's say, the four humors, you know, the, the different fluids in the body, the energy pathways in the body and how to support that. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, I would say that's where the tradition is a little bit different than what, let's say, integrative medicine or functional medicine is doing now. Um, the the old, let's say, older doctors that came looked at the human body as a reflection of the natural environment. So from that standpoint, yes, a naturopathic doctor would be, but not all naturopathic doctors do acupuncture in Chinese medicine. Right. And, and how I always saw it, and I always look at things on a spectrum and kind of see it as conventional as one side of the spectrum, and, and you kind of move towards it, and functional, of course, incorporates diet and other things. And mm-hmm. it, I think naturopathy is really that next step in it, if, if I'm looking at it correctly, mm-hmm. going towards the more you know spiritual or shamanic side of things, being on one spectrum and the surgeon being on the other, exactly, right? Exactly, sure. And, and naturopathy finding itself somewhere centered, yes. actually. Yes. People actually think it's further off right. because they, they like to think it's so alternative right. and put quotes around things. Yes, you're correct. Um, but it's actually quite centered, it's, isn't it? It really is. And that's actually truthfully to kind of cycle back to my um, personal journey. That's why I chose the degree in naturopathic medicine because initially as I'm learning through these indigenous traditions, I did learn about energy and this, let's say in Ayurveda, the chakra system and the energetics of foods, the energetic of herbs mm-hmm. and, and learning from uh, cultures in different biodiverse ecosystems what they're using in terms of herbs and nutrition. But I really felt like if I want to help the medical paradigm and I want to educate uh, my family, my friends, and ultimately future patients about a system that can work for them, naturopathic medicine to me is the one that blends these things in such a way that you speak the language of the conventional doctor because you go through you know, gynecology and dermatology classes and your clinical rounds and you go through understanding and interpreting lab work, but again, you're doing so uh, in advance of things becoming problematic. You're starting to look at patterns, let's say, in blood sugar or in Mm. inflammation, these kinds of things, you know, to kind of optimize wellness as they stand at this moment, but then also to prevent any kind of further degradation. So in my opinion, as I was doing my research, the difference between, let's say, a health coach or a nutritionist or an herbalist or uh, uh, many of the other things that exist in terms of the health world, to me, naturopathic medicine teaches you the language of medicine, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, being grounded and also balanced with carrying a lot of what we know from these indigenous traditions and in terms of how we can use nature and herbs and nutrition and many of these other healing modalities in combination with the science and the intellect of the doctor. Yeah, it's it's a really well-rounded approach I saw. And I was actually quite surprised because I didn't know much about naturopathic medicine getting into this field. I knew about, of course, conventional from my father and integrative medicine and European biological. But then yes. Mark, my co-founder, right. Dr. Sure. Ivanitsky now, uh, went to NCNM yes. over in Portland. And I remember speaking with him as he was going through training and he was talking about so many clinical things. Yes. I was like, are you going to conventional like school here? Like, are you going to go over to that side and right. stop practicing because 
you really have to get such a base absolutely in the conventional side and absolutely people don't realize that they think naturopaths are bashing conventional and don't no. learn anything about or don't no. understand it when that's a huge fallacy right right that's complete yes you're yeah. absolutely correct in naturopathic medicine the whole beginning the first few years of the training are you know very similar to what an md and what a do would be doing you're just you're you're really very very focused on all of the medical sciences and then all of the different uh, specialties within medicine and you're doing all of your clinical training but then on top of that you are receiving a really deep education in terms of naturopathic therapeutics natural therapeutics, things like hydrotherapy, uh, herbal medicine, homeopathy, perhaps classical Chinese medicine, uh, and many different things that are on the natural side. But it's absolutely correct that you are very deep into what the um, what you go through in conventional medical school as well. And to me, when I hear that, I'm just thinking, why doesn't conventional medicine apply that in their normal yeah. educational process, of right? Sure. Medical school, why wouldn't they? Right. And they, I know they're very reluctant to do that, of course, and then they're going to look at things and kind of attack other sides of it. But knowing what, what we just heard here, that you're learning conventional, you're applying some natural, but you're applying so many different. Mm -hmm. what, what are the challenges for uh, naturopaths these days that they're running into, even though they are so well-rounded? I think, you know, one of the biggest challenges is exactly what we've been talking about right now is just that uh, consumers uh, mm -hmm. don't really fully understand, uh, depending on where they are. You know, there right. are places in the United States where naturopathic medicine is incredibly popular and it's already been around for years and years and years and it's incorporated into insurance and it's incorporated into some hospital settings and things like that. And if you're in a place like that, it would be very clear to understand the difference between, you know, going to, let's see, a, a specialist in conventional medicine, perhaps a gastroenterologist or anyone who's doing that kind of specialty versus working with a primary care physician who's a naturopathic doctor. You know, mm -hmm. um, we're not really specialists. Some people choose to go into specialties, but we really are more trained as primary care. So that is a challenge is just integrating us into the system and being recognized as primary care mm -hmm. because as you're saying you know a lot of people just are confused in terms of what a naturopathic doctor may may be uh, personally you know I really enjoy collaborating with medical doctors and in every single specialty and usually it's very well received you know if you have a patient and they need to be working with a specialist then you get to collaborate and you learn a lot more about those specialties in conventional medicine which mm -hmm. I find fascinating and then we can work together but I would say say that integration has been the biggest challenge for the mm. naturopathic doctor. It's, um, there's also consumer confusion because uh, there is a term called naturopath, which is more like a, a health coach, and it's a different education. So sometimes people may be working with a naturopath, and they have an idea what that may mean, but it's actually different from a naturopathic doctor who goes through, you know, four to six years of postgraduate education and does come out with this primary care type of education. Okay, so there is a difference, there's of course, difference. when you say you're a naturopath versus an ND, correct, correct. A naturopath. 
naturopathic doctor, a naturopathic physician. I think correct. it goes state by state differently. Yes, but correct. So that that is a big distinction you need to it's recognize a as a patient. It's a big distinction, yeah. and it can be very confusing. And yes. truthfully, at, at this point, it's a consumer safety issue. Mm. You know, because patients may go into an office and they may be working with someone who, especially in the state of New York, we currently don't have any title protection. Mm-hmm. So you can walk into an office and a person could be a naturopath, but they are not a naturopathic doctor. And it would have to be very clearly explained to that person the level of education because a naturopathic doctor, for example, is trained to triage and you come in with a certain set of symptoms and we're trained to say, you need to go to the hospital immediately or you need to, you know, we need to call 911 in this incident. You know, we are trained in that way and uh, versus, let's say, a health coach or a naturopath or many of the other things that currently exist in the natural health realm, especially with technology, the internet, you know, there's so many places you can go for advice. So it's really important to know when you're going for advice, what degree of education and training is the person you're asking advice, have they received? Now, one of the things I I feel has to add on to to that miseducation and misinformation and kind of confusing the patient is the state-to-state differences. Absolutely. Right? Of what's allowed. Because I know in California, West Coast areas, Mm -hmm. Oregon, and and, uh, Washington, you're you're on par basically with a physician. Absolutely. You you can do almost anything, correct? Correct. You could own your own practice. You could, you know, perform certain basic procedures, right? Yes, yes. And in New York... You're not even recognized. Correct. You're not even like there's nothing out there for it's licensing. It's a huge problem. That is a huge difference it's to me. It's a huge difference and it's a huge problem. And truthfully, you know, they took a poll recently as far as the students at all of the different naturopathic schools. And New York was one of the most desired states right. where uh, students who are about to graduate as a naturopathic doctor would practice if naturopathic doctors were licensed here. And it's an... it. It it is absolutely uh, creates more consumer confusion that we don't have title protection and we're not recognized in New York because there's less of us here because most naturopathic doctors want to stay in a state where we are fully recognized, of course, where we can practice uh, w- within the full scope of our training. You know where we are able to run our labs as as we wish and we are able to do let's say certain procedures and we're able to diagnose diagnose and treat and these kinds of things. So having less doctors in the state of New York because the license is not here means that New Yorkers don't have access to this medicine and and truly don't maybe know the extent of what it could do for them. Yeah. And you're the president of New York Association of Naturopathic Physicians. Yes. So you have really good insight what yes. what is going on that's taking this so long? Is is there just a reluctancy of people to acknowledge mm-hmm. the the knowledge process or what you go through to become a naturopathic yeah. physician? What sure. is it that's that's really causing this this problem right now? <sighs> I wish I could give a a simple answer. It's never simple, right? It's not simple. (laughs) Uh, Truthfully, I think 
you know, the politics and the political process is different in every state. Right. And so uh, it has taken a longer time on the East Coast that a lot. And I think some of this does have to do with the fact that many of the schools are on the West Coast and the medicine there has a much longer tradition. So to change things from a political standpoint does take time. Uh, But I can say that we have, you know, a really excellent board and we're working with really wonderful people people to get this process done in New York and to continue educating people and, and to have people involved in the process because I think that you know people are willing to travel these days for mm-hmm. medicine and oh, they yeah. will go to the West Coast and they'll go to clinics you know that have what they're looking for so I think that it, it we haven't made our presence known in New York, maybe as much as we have needed to be for this reason, this mm-hmm. very reason that uh, many people do choose to stay or they'll do a split practice, for example. Right. People will work in New York, but then they'll also have an office in Connecticut. Uh, right now in in the New England, uh, New York, New Jersey area, most of the states do recognize the profession. Mm-hmm. So that should be pointing New York in the right direction. We should have more hope um, with those numbers. But it is true that these processes they do take time they take a long they time unfortunately time. new york has always been behind i'm, I'm a mixed martial arts fan i remember yes. it was one of the last Me states too. actually you know and they yes. were still calling it out as you know uh very cruel and every, every other state's been doing it for like 20 years yes. right and new york was still lagging until they finally gave in recently and yeah. i remember going to that first fight at msg and then being yeah. so happy it came about yeah. and that's what i'm really <laughs> hoping for for yes. naturopaths here yes because i know listen my co-founder mark's yeah. in new york you right. so many people i know are sitting here and have such skills and and such an ability to help patients and just have their hands tied up right by state laws basically by things that just aren't getting passed in time i think Everything's there behind you, right? Everything's there. And, and other and states are already showing that it's working. Absolutely. It's, right? Absolutely. So. And 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 there, we have some really great resources um, through the NYMP website and as well as the AANP website. There's great information about all of these things, you know, FAQ sections where you can really find out, you know, how would a naturopathic doctor uh, be trained and how would they treat XYZ and then there is there are some some pieces of information just in terms of when licensure was passed in a certain state how did that support the economy mm. how did that you know change things within with insurance how did that cut down on healthcare costs right so it, there really is an urgent need for this to be done in the state of New York and uh, we are just working with such a brilliant board of doctors who really are volunteers volunteering their time Mm. to uh, stay on top of all of these issues and really dig into that question that you just asked. Why is it taking so long? And, you know, is it is it mainly just because when we have to pass legislation that does take a long time? Uh, What could be the other potential obstacles and really looking into that? And, uh, you know, right now, I think that everybody that's working on is doing a really great job to educate people to answer any concerns that there may be Mm -hmm. about what would it mean for other professions? if naturopathic naturopathic doctors are just looking to be who and what they are no more than that you know so we're we're really looking to work within our training and uh we have a bill now that's that's uh we're working on and it's it's really been through a few uh incarnations and the most recent one does have everything pretty clearly outlined in terms of what it is we're doing who we are what we're asking for so and and 
from your side as president, are the actions you're taking really at educating the public? Is that your main focus right now, or is it still kind of trying to, to persuade legislation? Where, where is your focus it's now? All the of steps the you're taking. All yeah, of the above. great question. It's all of the above. So uh, I, you know, the, on the our website is called nyanp.org, mm-hmm. and there actually it's uh, pretty clear what the mission and the vision is for the association. And uh, you know, certainly we are involved in education. We have a conference annually where we, you know, doctors from all over the country come, and we we've been doing that for a very long time. And and so that can kind of bring people together to rally some momentum around naturopathic medicine in the state of New York. But aside from that, the website has some pretty clear information in terms of what is happening with legislation. And there are buttons there where you can click to, you know, uh, send a letter to your legislator to mm-hmm. support licensure, uh, as well as, you know, places where you can support us, you know, donate and these kinds of things. But aside from that, too, to become a member is Mm. wonderful because uh, there's uh, sections where, of course, NDs can all be members of the association, but it's possible for other doctors that support or even, you know, people who aren't in the medical field, but they do want to be involved. There's just different ways through that website to kind of understand more about the process as it unfolds and as it's been through its incarnations here in New York. People, some brilliant and dedicated people have been working for many years on this. So I'm really hopeful that now, you know, that we do have, everybody's connected more with technology and things, you know, the words get out that uh, as we continue to educate the general public, but also educate people involved in policy, that uh, it'll become more and more clear who we are, what we do, and really what we have to offer medicine as a whole and offer New York yeah, I'm really hoping that that you know all states that aren't there yet get on board with this. Yes, there, there are really no downsides I see yeah. to it. It's just offering more people more options to take choices for their health and yes. how they proceed yes. with that. You mentioned before collaboration, working with other doctors and specialties, and you enjoy that. I do. I, yeah. You know, from our standpoint at Innovative Medicine, it is a tenant. It's collaboration, not yes, competition. Absolutely. It's bringing everyone to the table, the specialists, the surgeons, you know, yep. the spiritual group, all, all of them around Everybody. the table. Everybody, yeah, 100%. Um, and in your experience, you enjoy it. What about the other side? Do you find any reluctancy, even in New mm-hmm. York State, with specialists, you know, saying, oh, I'm dealing with a naturopath? Mm-hmm. Is, is, is it openness, really? Um, because I don't think people see that side of it. The right. patients don't see what's sure. going on. And I do know from our practice, a lot of times there is a little bit of back and forth, mm-hmm. headbutting almost, mm-hmm. of, hey, you shouldn't be getting that treatment at that mm-hmm. other place there yeah. that's doing it a little different is unconventional. Yeah. You should only be getting the conventional treatment. Right. Whereas some doctors are very open to understanding Absolutely. and doing it. So yep. what has been your experience? I think it's, yeah, it's it's mostly positive, but there have definitely been mixed experiences. And I sure. think... At the end of the day, for all of us, you know, there are many things that we're not trained in and we don't know about. And I always try to, um, 
not come from a place of fear when it comes to collaborating with other people or, or being willing to say this is outside of my scope of practice and I, we need to refer you or I need to you know hang up the, the phone here and look to some of my mentors and some specialists to be able to get you the information that you need but I do think that when we are under a certain paradigm that has been a certain way for a long time and then you start hearing more you know through the news through the internet through your patients that oh well I went and I I have these supplements and I have these herbs and I'm doing this that the other it would be a natural kind of reaction mm-hmm. to perhaps be a little bit fearful of that and to say I don't know that that's safe so therefore you shouldn't do it mm-hmm. and I think that in the same way that a naturopathic doctor is trained to say you know this is an issue where you need imaging you have to go mm-hmm. let's say for an endoscopy right. or you have to go for an ultrasound that I would love to see medicine evolve to the place where the specialists and all the conventional medical doctors could say, you know what, you really need to talk to a naturopathic doctor because it's clear to me here that you have some, you know, you're you're looking into these natural options for yourself and, and this is not within my training. It's not in my scope to talk to you about drug-herb interactions. Mm-hmm. Drug-herb interactions are one of the specialties of naturopathic doctors. And right. it's true that you can walk into any health food store and you can pick up herbs on your own and you can pick up nutritional supplements and things like this and if you do have a certain diagnosis it may not be the best option for you Mm -hmm. and so it in these cases it can do more harm than good and it's really important that if we all have like you mentioned I mean an even broader and more advanced system of medicine where we said where we have the gurus and we have the surgeons and we have everybody sitting at the same table in a cooperative way that you know we would be able to contribute a lot of insight into these cases and, and help patients that are already seeking this out on their own. Right. And that, again, comes back to this thing that I mentioned before, which is just consumer safety and mm-hmm. consumer protection, that if naturopathic doctors are recognized as a profession in New York, and I always say when, not right. if, right. Um, you know, then we will be able to provide our expertise and really help the other specialists and MDs, DOs, NPs, you right. know, every everybody because uh, we have a lot to offer in that regard and people should know that we're here and that we have that training. Yeah. What, what I've seen is that it's it's hard for the average person to admit they don't know something. Absolutely. It's really hard for a Absolutely. doctor to do that. Yes. You go to your doctor and you expect them to know. And I Everything. think there is a little bit yep. of that I do, mm-hmm. right? When mm-hmm. you don't and mm-hmm. it's okay. Right. Right? It's really okay to say that you don't know. Yeah. In fact, it can sometimes save a life. Absolutely. And so I just, you know, I'm, I actually work in a clinical setting and have worked with many MDs and different practitioners, you know, over the years. And it's so wonderful to have Mm. access to your mentors to be able to say, you know, this is what's going on. Is there anything that I'm not seeing? You know, can you help me here? Because we are supposed to be for the patient. And it's really important to surrender our ego and let the patient guide the healing process and guide the treatment. And when you put your heads together, then you have this synergistic, you know, situation where the sum total is greater than the individual parts. And I may know a lot about one thing, but I may not, you know, be the person. There are times when you need to go to the emergency room. There are times when you need that surgery. Mm -hmm. There may be times when you need this medication. But uh, what we're seeing now is a trend of, you know, a lot of medications, a lot of chronic illnesses coming up. And naturopathic 
doctors through lifestyle management and through a lot of other supportive methods can help patients heal these things without always having to go to the thing that may be a little bit more uh, harmful to their system. Right. And I, I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head because a lot of people think that alternative medicine or people in integrative medicine or even ourselves in innovative medicine are against specialties. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm against not specialties at all. At all and it's I don't necessary. think it's necessary, right? It's necessary. I Absolutely. think the problem is they're not communicating right. with each other. It's just a miscommunication. That's Absolutely. the problem. I think that's and the problem with so many things. It's the relationships yeah. of the world are no, miscommunications, and, and right? And it's coming full circle. I mean, when you know, it was my father was my hero in many ways, and so mm. losing him was a challenging time in my life. But it it when you take your suffering and you turn it into your passion, it really puts you on a journey that is beautiful and, and incredible in so many ways. And so what struck me in that moment of here we sit confused by uh, specialties not taking care of the whole in this moment, it just sort of lit a spark within me that said, well, this is important. You know, we need to be here and and he needed to have these surgeries and we needed to go through this. But I I wish we had also worked with somebody that could have done the holistic piece. And so as that came to me, I realized, yeah, we need a world where we have both and Mm -hmm. it's all about communication. And because of that, you know, I, I, it just kind of guided me on this journey to say there was no, in no part of my being did I harbor any kind of animosity for the specialty medicine Mm -hmm. that was dealing with him at the time. Instead, I thought it's not either or, it's both and. Right. And and that's a huge point. I really do think the the medical centers and, and hospitals of the future are going to be where everyone's under one roof, yeah. working together, yes. not separately. I hope so. You know, because yeah. I think that even happens in alternative medicine a of lot. Course. I have to say, right? Yeah, it's just you, people you in general. Say, yeah, you can't say it's it's a conventional no, it's problem or not it's an alternative. It's a whole medical it's, problem. It's right, you right? Know, because I've been to some centers where you go into this mass alternative center, of course, and you only and go see that one doctor. And they have only their own right. design protocol. If you yep. want to see the other doctor, they'll give you something totally different. Yeah. And they're not talking either. Right. They're in their own offices right. the whole time. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm going to this alternative practice. It must be doing it differently. Right. Not always. So not it's always. not always no. putting people, you know, on one side or the other down. It's, no. it's everyone needs to communicate more. Everybody correct? needs to communicate more, 100%. And I think that, you know, that's where for naturopathic medicine, it's just so important that we have that seat at the table. So we have that title protection in the state of New York so that we can kind of come to the center and we can be part of the conversation. Uh, But I absolutely agree. It's not that there's, you know, issues in conventional medicine that don't exist in natural. People are people everywhere you go. And cooperation is challenging. And, you know, saying, like you mentioned, saying that you don't know sometimes is difficult. So uh, we're really talking about a paradigm shift here. And and to kind of participate in that paradigm shift to me as a consumer of medicine, because we all are people and we're all consumers of medicine. What happened on my journey when I saw, you know, what my family went through, it was just this kind of idea of 
I want to be able to provide an educated and empowered choice. If you Mm. come to me and you say, I 100% want surgery and there's nothing else I'm considering and you feel educated enough that you have at least been told that there are other options, then that is 100% your choice and your right. And so, but if we're not, if naturopathic medicine is not part of the conversation, then I don't feel it's a fully empowered decision. I agree with you. And, and I think that, that you, you hit on another point there. We talked about this before we got yeah. started was patient indecision in a sense. Right. What you just mentioned is actually great. A patient actually deciding, they know feeling what they very, do. they know what they want. They're yes. almost in tune with their body yeah, and absolutely. feel absolutely comfortable saying, this is what I want. I've explored my options. Right, correct. Here's where I'd like to go to after doing my research. Right. But we said a lot of people out there, there's tons of information. It's the paradox of choice. One person said the surgery worked. The other said it almost killed, you know? And of course, everyone's so individual. So my complaint about looking at other people's experiences as a guide for what you're going to experience is never going to be the same. No. I think the patterns are there. You could look at a place and say, oh, wow, but you can't ask, what did you do? I'm going to do it and get better. Right. Right. But what are the challenges for people that are in that indecisive place of just asking questions and not knowing what to do? Is there anything you would suggest to a patient that's been to 10 specialists, that's been to you, that's been all over, is sitting there just going, rubbing their head going like, I don't know what to do to you. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, answer this for me. What should yeah. I do? And you yeah. can't answer that for no, them. But what not. can they do to get closer to the answer? That's a great question. And I do see that quite often in my practice. And I think I, you know, it never hurts to learn a new language. And I kind of mm-hmm. like to speak the, always try to speak the language of the patient. You know, there are people that are going to come in and they want scientific literature, you know, so you can provide people with scientific literature. And there is a lot of literature about many of what we call the alternative methods, be it acupuncture or anything Mm -hmm. else. Uh, So when a person is trying to make a decision for their health, I always like to point them in the direction of the resources that are available. You know, somebody else might be more inclined, like you say, if there's a spectrum in medicine and some of it maybe is a little bit more on the spiritual side, some of it's more on the material and the conventional side they may be more interested in those things. So I'll provide them resources about that, you know, Mm and, um, but the most important thing is that to kind of walk for the most part side by side with the person and not try to, uh, push things faster than the pace of where they are. I think if you're in a place of indecision, then we still need to kind of sit with things a little bit more. I need to provide you with a little bit more resources and, you know, kind of, sit with you while you contemplate what you're feeling and what you resonate with, what you align with the most. And it's Mm. okay in a period of time to kind of say, I am a little confused right now and I'm not really sure, you know, what the best way is to go forward. Uh, If it's a non-urgent situation, you know, a person can kind of take their time and, and sometimes people will drift a little bit, you know, between different practitioners or ways of doing things. But what I find the most, you know, even in terms of something as simple as a dietary change is, you know, and many of the people around my own office, we kind of do the same things and we try these, you know, things that support our health and healing that you'll get off and you'll get back on yep. and you'll get off and you'll get back on because <laughs> we're human beings, yeah. but that 
maybe by the first time you get back on, you realize, oh, wow, this is just good for me and I am going to keep it up to my best of my ability. For other folks, maybe it takes a little bit more on and off before they really see. But again, to kind of reiterate this, reiterate this idea of empowerment, I just think that you know when something works for you. Right. Sometimes it takes time to get there, but when you know when something really works for you, whether it's an exercise routine or it's a certain uh, nutrient or supplement protocol or whether it is a dietary change or this, I have to leave my job and do this new job because it's just creating so much stress for me. Ultimately, you can get to that place of just knowing what works. Yeah, I was speaking with a patient the other day, and their recommendation was you're never going to get to 100% knowing what's best for you, right? Right. Even when you're truly in tune with your body, it's more of a feeling, and your mind will all jump in with skepticism and indecision. And that's okay. Like you said, it's completely okay and natural to be a skeptic. Right. It's completely okay and natural to say, which of these things is true? Right. I'm getting 10 different, you know, right. treatment plans. And they're yep. all saying they're good. Right. Yeah. Um, I do think that fear factors and sales tactics should be pushed aside in yes, medicine, whereas definitely. some doctors will say, oh, if you don't do this, right. your percentage of risk goes up this much. Like, okay, that's that's maybe a, a ballpark figure or right. something, but it doesn't mean it's yours at all. No, you are your own statistic, is yes. what I always say. To but you're you're right that that it is okay for there to be some, you know, bit of indecision. And, and sometimes you're doing so many things right that you don't know which one is helping you the most. Yeah. And that's okay too, because yeah. it's, it's if, as long as you're feeling good and you're feeling like you're making progress, you know, then you're on the right path. But it is sometimes hard to know. And so as that journey, journeys unfolding and people are having trouble making decisions, I just say, you know, we can, we'll work with all the options, we'll tease them out, you know, and you do not have to be perfect and you don't have to overhaul your entire life in one right. moment. So if you're given a list of 15 things to do, I often question that. I say, okay, we have to back up a little bit. Let's try to integrate, you know, three this week or right. even one this week. And then maybe uh, the next one and the next one, you have to kind of give it time. I look at it like a sustainable toolkit for mm. people. People, you know, and and really, how do they make these changes that are lasting that ultimately save them time and money down the road because they're doing it and they're seeing some benefit from it? It works for them. You know, there's that cost benefit analysis that they right. see tangibly. Absolutely. And and just getting back to my point, it was that 80% this patient said, and then it's a leap of faith almost. Right. Right. Because you're never yeah. going to get all the way there. Right. And it is about building a trust in who you're going to work with, yep. uh, you know, your team or of your course. coaches that are going to yeah. get you there. And then building trust in yourself. Absolutely. Right? In your body to heal with this approach. Right. And I do think when it comes to healing, I mean, among many other things in life, you know, it's not courage if you're not overcoming a tiny bit of fear or doubt. Right. And, and it's you, okay to have it. It's okay that, to right? have it because the courage gets you going yes. in such a way that you then feel better and you get to reap the reward. But if you, you know, if there's no fear and there's no doubt and it's just right there and it all makes sense and it's packaged up perfectly, then you're not really part of the process. You're not. It's too easy almost, right? right? Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't be worth it to heal. Right. 
and healing is transformation and change, which is sometimes 100%. difficult. It's, it's, and, but it's diff- worth it, right? It is. It's like going it's to the so gym. Worth- it's yeah. sometimes hard. It's You're sweating. Hard. You gotta go like, wake up early sometimes. Then you feel great but you when feel you reap great, the rewards. Right? Yeah, and healing's the same great. way. It's the same way. And so, you know, I had a, I had a patient one time come to me and say, oh, this natural medicine, it's all like, makes it seem like everything's rainbows and wonderful. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> we understand understand that there are times when it's no pain no gain you know that you're we're asking you to do something difficult we're asking you to 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 really kind of change your life in a positive way and to um take steps to hold yourself accountable to practice self-care you know which in and of itself cuts down on healthcare costs but we feel selfish doing it and so all of these things that were that a naturopathic doctor would be asking you to do in a visit is is not easy and we don't think that it's necessarily easy it's not just about taking a capsule or you know taking an herb instead of a medication it's really like we're asking you to kind of take a look at your whole life your stress your you know patterns of behavior and see where we find things that in naturopathic medicine we might call obstacles to cure and how easy is it to remove some of these you know some of them might be here and we can't remove them at all so we got to find a way around them or over them or underneath them and and that's where you kind of become a a little bit more like a coach in a sense too. I would have to think that part of the problem is that we as a society going through the conventional route expect really quick results. Yes. We're trained trained to think that. I had a patient writing me wanting to come into the center, understanding a lot of the approach and saying it really resonated with him after his research. Okay, great. You know, and he said, I could come in for a few days. Would that Mm -hmm. be enough for treatment? Would I be better? It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're a little off here, right? Right. Again, like the whole workout analogy, if you've been out of shape, overweight for 10 years, which is what chronic disease normally is even yeah. if you don't know it it's a progression exactly over a number of right. years to where you're chronically ill things three are... days ain't gonna be enough no, to turn and... around just like three days in the gym you're not right. gonna be a professional athlete right, right. And that's i i yes and I, I appreciate your interest in the athletics because i talk about that a lot to my patients and i do say it is like you're an athlete in training you know many of us we sit down to meditate and we want to be levitating already <laughs> and you know we sit down to do these things and we think i should already have this all figured out and why is change so hard and i keep getting in my own way and you know i, I can't clear my thoughts i'm still feeling stressed i'm having difficulty losing weight and it's just like we all have to kind of slow down and breathe through it and take a look and say you are like an athlete in training like mm-hmm. you know in the beginning it's hard to run even just a few steps and then you but you put the time in and you you know pay attention to your own challenges and and what's working for you and then before you know it you're running and you're running well and you're going going long distance so I do think that uh, it's it's correct it's when you're seeing symptoms and especially symptoms that have been there for a long time there's been a process going on behind the scenes for even longer so right. if if you're looking for uh, really, you know, true healing, you do have to have that patience. And the doctor has to have the patience, too. Yes. It's both sides. It's both. You're both in it. You're both in it, and you're both in it together. And, yep. and you know, I, I do see a lot of patients where I think that they feel like maybe they have been given up on. And mm-hmm. and so it's really important to, to work with them and to say there's always going to be some kind of an option to make a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always something that we can do always. to support your life, to support your well-being. And, you know, we just have to be honest and reasonable and realistic about what that is and what it looks like and what the time 
time involved is. Yeah. And set the expectations. Set the expectations That's huge. properly. Again, yeah. because if you're chronically ill, the expectation can't be within six months. No. You know, even to get better. I have to say that that it's going to be healing is a lifelong process, yes, right? Of course. And I think a part of that is that you probably will not feel as you did when you were 18, which right. is what some people want at 50. It's like, but you could you're feel, feel great at 50. Better. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can feel you can feel better in a different way. And I in do, a different way, in though, a different right? Way. It's going to be different. It you is. can't compare you because you change. You right. don't go back. You don't... And I think people want to live that and they're like, oh, I yeah. still have a little bit of a, you know, negative mood or fatigue. It's like yeah. everyone does. Well, what's so <laughs> fascinating to me about all that is like the language that we use, you know, and under the paradigm that we're in, it's like everything is anti, like we're fighting germs, we're mm-hmm. anti-aging, we're, but so much of that is literally setting up an immediate and kind of permanent conflict yes. of I am not okay to be where I am and I am against the natural process. So I prefer to think of it more as, you know, aging gracefully and how do we preserve youthful mm-hmm. look and youthful mentality with while we still age, you know? So yeah. it, you're right that the expectations have to be reasonable and realistic. And if it is chronic, something going on for a long time, still you can use a lot of these methods and a lot of the treatment modalities to eradicate symptoms pretty quickly. So I do see a lot of, you know, positive result from using these things and saying, all right, the overall healing, you know, we may be looking at a, a longer period of time, but I do expect that your vitality and your sleep issues, let's say, or your physical, your joint pain, these kinds of things with X amount of treatments, you should really start to see some results. Right. And, and you mentioned these things, these therapies that, that, you know, are, are giving you this vitality, giving you the results. What are the, some of the, the treatments and therapies that you've seen that have been really positive for you as you've implemented them with patients with mm-hmm. chronic conditions and uh, sure. You know, and, and really seeing results with. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm definitely a huge fan of acupuncture. I mm-hmm. do have an acupuncture license, and I and I, I studied a lot of different styles of acupuncture at NUNM, also my mm. alma mater, where Dr. Mark went. Uh, but so I do offer that to most patients, you know, in the initial visit and in follow-ups. And, and I see great results with that. I'm also certified in NAET, which mm-hmm. is an allergy desensitization technique, and see great results with that. Uh, I do BAH, of course. Mm-hmm. And so that is um, to sort of make the, the treatment protocol more patient-specific. Right. And that helps to eliminate a lot of, you know, misinformation, perhaps choose the, the best form of um, supplement protocol call for the patient right off the bat and so then we're able to speed the process of healing so those are some of the biggest ones Mm -hmm. Um, definitely working with diet and lifestyle because sometimes you just see something that is really simple but also really glaring and Mm -hmm. you know I also look at diet as completely patient specific it's not that everybody needs to be free of one thing or another it's what is the best diet for you at this time and I've seen amazing results where people's you know health will really kind of be propelled forward just from one pretty simple change. And I feel like that is just worth its weight in gold because you can do it. It doesn't cost you anything. And then, you know, even something like you wouldn't think, you know, how does my diet affect my knee pain? Well, if it's, you know, an inflammatory Inflammatory, connection, it can and it does. And so you think maybe you'd have to be doing physical therapies, but just making those kinds of changes work really well. Right. And I think a lot of people miss that point of asking, what is the best diet, right? Right. Ketogenic versus paleo versus this. It's well, who are you, totally right? Well, that's totally confusing. You? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and how you do you could... tackle that? Because I'm sure a lot of patients come in and 
and patients are very attached yes. to some things. They're Absolutely. team paleo oh, yeah. and they're gung-ho mm-hmm. or they're team keto mm-hmm. and they are measuring their ketones yes. throughout the day. 100%. So yeah. how do you tackle that? Because I'm sure sometimes they're going to say, hey, this is my diet. I don't want you to touch that. Right. I would just want to keep going. I feel good, but I have all these other symptoms I want you yeah. to address. Right. No, you're speaking my language. That's that's <laughs> that's every day. And I do think that um, I'm team patient. So I will, if their diet is, if I don't see any wrong with it and as far as something really glaring that would be creating a problem for them we will leave it if they're if they're paleo and they want to be paleo if they're vegetarian and they want to be vegetarian if they're vegan and they want to be vegan uh, whatever it is as long as it seems like it's working for them and that's where sometimes where both the BAH testing and then um, NAET helps mm-hmm. me a lot because if there is something that is maybe triggering a problem through some of those techniques you can figure out how to shift that for the patient. Right. Uh, if it's really an issue, like somebody's coming in and they're saying, I want to be on this diet, but based on some kind of gastrointestinal issue that they may be facing or perhaps some allergy or just it seems like something is contributing to some other kind of symptom, then I try to just make sure that I don't change it too radically too quickly. Mm. You know, that we discuss the key points to say, okay, you can stay within this framework, but there's a few things that I'd like to switch. Are you open to that? And what I think is the most helpful for patients, what I always try to do is say, I'd like to focus on what we can do more than what we can't do. Because oftentimes you go into any kind of doctor's office and they may say, I want you to be gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free. And then it's like, well, what's left? Right. And to follow follow something like a paleo or ketogenic may be a lot more complicated and people have to be, you know, guided through that well. Um, but so if it's, if it's something like this, we need to take something out based on some lab report or a symptom that they're feeling, then I try to come up with a replacement in that moment, you Mm, know, and and sometimes I'll work with coaches or nutritionists too, that can kind of say, all right, we have resources. There are places you can go books and recipes and these kinds of things to help you. If we're going to take this thing out, because it seems to be a real problem, then you have to give something, Mm -hmm. you know, otherwise patients leave uh, more stressed out than when they came. Right. Yeah. And, and that's that's the thing. You don't want to overwhelm no, them with too many not changes. At all. And if people are into their diet and they feel like it's got a lot of benefit, then I just like to add a little bit of extra education in there to say, okay, you're you're right about X, Y, Z, and this is a great thing, and it fits you pretty well, and let's just make sure that it's working for you. So we'll just look into, you know, all of your systems and your symptoms and make sure that it's a good fit. Yeah. From a naturopathic standpoint, do you have any issues with any of the diet fads, you could say, or just diets in general right now? Because we're, we're, you know, we wrote an article recently from Innovative Medicine talking to some doctors about, you know, keto is the new black, but Mm -hmm. is it for everyone, right? Yeah. And right. what are some of the risks? Because everyone's talking right. about all these amazing things and pushing it. But yeah. I have to say, anyone with any gallbladder issues, mm-hmm. things like that, right. that increased Correct. fat consumption yeah. while fat is healthy, yet too much, right. huge burden yes. on the gallbladder. Yeah. Long-term effects mm-hmm. could be very bad. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. It's a great question. I don't necessarily take issue with any one diet, but mm-hmm. what I like to do is I kind of say like, I will pull from all the best, you know? The, so as I'm looking at what all of these fad diets have to offer, I like to kind of coach patients in the sense that, you know, keto has this going for it. 
it. And, you know, the autoimmune has this going yep. for it. And the paleo has this going for it. The specific carbohydrate has this going for it. The blood type has this going for it. Let's think about these things and see what matches you the best. Because again, I do think that what we're up against, let's say, as naturopathic doctors or, you know, innovative medical practitioners is that we are still trained to think there's a one size fits all or that something could be best. You know, some one thing out there is going to be the new best Mm -hmm. and that it's the right thing to do. And I think human beings, we crave that because we'd like to have it be that simple that, oh, we finally found that one cure or we finally found that one diet. We finally found that, you know, this is bad for you and this is good for you. And what's truly difficult is balance and yes. moderation and oh. recognizing <laughs> that. It's too simple, right? It's, it's yeah. like when you say that, it's like, nah, I want to go with that complex one where it tells me what to eat exactly right. at what time. Right. And, and truthfully, it's like, okay, I don't think that necessarily necessarily any one thing that's out there within those dietary things is is bad but the question is is it bad for you given let's say you do have some kind of a gallbladder issue or a kidney issue or something like this then you do have to be mindful of the things that could perhaps tax those organ networks Mm -hmm. so um That, again, comes into, I think, some of the differences between the naturopathic medical approach versus perhaps some of the integrative and the functional that we really do always aim to follow that principle of looking at the deepest layer for the person, the patient. And and, um, there is no one-size-fits-all pattern, but that makes it a little more challenging. You know, you really have to do your investigative work. Dig deeply and dig deeply for everybody. So, you know, I have standard dietary information that I work with, but I always try to kind of take that information and tailor it to the individual yeah i think it's yeah. okay to have those standardized pieces of those course. are necessary you need right? it absolutely yeah, otherwise you'd be say that out in isn't the there and there are patterns of course yeah, <laughs> yeah for most of us we Wanna... need more water and more green things alkaline things and it's that's a pattern yeah but then you can go in with those specifics patients by patients right, right? And that's what yeah. naturopathy does exactly. very well right exactly so we established that a large portion of, of what you're trying to do is is educate patients educate yes. the public and everything and and I will say one of the best things to educate, especially when you're going into a new paradigm, are books. Right? Yeah. Because there's only so much yet. And if you really want to go deeper, you, you know, there are some great, great books with hundreds mm-hmm. of pages and great things sure. in there. And I know that has really guided me more into different aspects of healing that, that opened me up to whole mm-hmm. new things. And then you go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Are there any books you would recommend that mm-hmm. really made an impact or really kind of, you know, Um, do a good job at explaining either naturopathy or holistic healing that you could share? Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, there are some, the naturopathic medical uh, encyclopedia, there's one that's more tailored toward, you know, if you're going to become a doctor and that digs deeper, but there's a naturopathic uh, handbook, let's say, uh, that's wonderful, that just kind of goes through information about how different um, conditions would be treated if you're looking into what the naturopathic medical approach for those conditions would be. I really love history. And Mm. so I uh, got very passionate about naturopathic medicine, learning from this book called Nature Doctors. And Nature Doctors traces the history of the different pioneers of naturopathic medicine from Europe to the United States. And this is kind of interesting that I've been really thinking about as I've been working more with the board uh, of the NYMP, the New York Association of Naturopathic 
naturopathic physicians is that naturopathic medicine was actually born in New York. Really? Yeah. Oh, the irony. <laughs> and the first school was in New York in the early 1900s. And so I feel like it's time for us to come home. You know? uh, yeah, so, full circle. Full these, circle, yep. full circle. So this is not, naturopathic medicine in New York is not new. Yeah. Um, at that time, you know, medicine was changing. We had germ theory was coming about and mm. we were using more, um, you know, seeing the benefit that there can be benefit for using uh, antibiotics and some of these things for really chronic and stubborn, you know, <laughs> infections, these kinds of things. So as that was changing at that time, um, you know, naturopathic medicine across the country kind of shifted in terms of what its presence was. But this, do so this one book, Nature Doctors, is really interesting as far as the different types of things that were happening in Europe with um, hydrotherapy and one doctor very specifically came over to New York and was diagnosed with a really terrible illness and they, they literally filled out his death certificate in in front of him wow. and he went back to Europe and he went to one of this uh, Knipe who's a f uh, hydrotherapist right. to his sanatorium and received hydrotherapy and was completely cured and huh. took it upon himself to come back to the United States to pioneer the medicine and that was in New York so yeah. and to rub it in the faces of those people who signed that certificate. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, look, it's a ghost in front of you, right? Like, I'm okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he had a very uh, challenging um, time politically, but it, it just says that, you know, there was so much heart and so much passion behind using these kind of nature cure. So yeah. that's one of my favorite books, just as far as how nature cure gave birth to naturopathic medicine in the United States. So you certainly can find these naturopathic medical encyclopedias and things that would give you the more modern um, interpretation of of medicine as it is now, but the nature cure. And then there's another book called The Magical Staff by Matthew Wood talks about the vitalist tradition, which mm. is another one historically that gave birth to naturopathic medicine. Very cool. There's so many. Yeah, I know there are so many, yeah. but those are two really interesting ones. They're that, that interesting. I heard before, and but, people, do, I think maybe people don't know about them as much. And I read them before I went to NUNM in Oregon, and it just really got me excited about the tradition of natural healing, you know, and the yeah. roots, truly the roots of the medicine, which I think that when you get lost in the woods, you know, reminding yourself what the roots are yes. and sort of it, it is in a, in a way simple, but also elegant that we have a lot that we came from and a lot that we can do beyond where maybe modern medicine is right now. Mm -hmm. So those, those were two of my favorite books and, um, really kind of so so fascinating that that we had a presence here in new york and so now we're reclaiming it reclaim right <laughs> get back to where it all started yeah that's that's great and you mentioned earlier that that during your travels a big part of what you saw was routine was was mm -hmm. a specific you know routine and I've, I've been reading a book actually daily routines about the greatest routines of you know the creators and, and yes. van goes of the world and all of them had very specific routines what's, what's what's a routine that you abide by for health and just optimization that you could share because oh, great. people are always so interested in yeah. like, what do you do right oh, i yes. get this question all the time and it's, <laughs> 
it's like what's your supplement what's like your oh secret? this is gonna be boring yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not much yeah i like to eat well and get my nutrients from there and people are like oh that's yeah. not interesting at all but no. there are routines absolutely. i go through right that i absolutely see and i think there are shared patterns within the mm -hmm. routine so oh, definitely what, what's your routine oh like? yeah i love it. well this kind of goes right back to what we're talking about this book nature doctors um you know i, w I happened to be reading it before i entered medical school when i was in brazil i was on vacation there and my routine is really getting up and being by the ocean and mm. so i get up very early in the morning and uh what's I've, very early well very early for me is okay. like six o'clock okay I okay. would say that's very manageable early. for some, but manageable. Yeah. 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 I'm not up at, <laughs> you're you know, not the 5am club or like, <laughs> no, no, yeah. No, no, yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I wake up by, by six and, uh, you know, most mornings I'll get out by the water. So I live near the ocean and that has really changed my life in a positive way. But before I was living there, my routine has always been to just spend time in nature and to take quiet time in the morning, spending time in nature before the, I get into whatever the day bring. So um, I absolutely have always had an exercise routine. And I think that that's one of the best ways to manage stress hands down. But just like diet, exercise is not one size fits all. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes you prescribe yoga, sometimes you prescribe more cardiovascular, sometimes martial arts, you know, boxing, these kinds mm -hmm. of things to get out a lot of um, excess energy are wonderful choices. So, so, uh, I maintain that exercise routine. I wake early in the morning and I'll take either a long walk or maybe I'll run or do some kinds of exercises on the boardwalk by the ocean. I go surfing as much as I possibly can. I do try to make sure that I take, um, some vacation and incorporate travel just to keep myself, you know, very inspired and mm -hmm. passionate and learning again from other cultures, what, what the traditions are there. And I also go to bed at a decent hour and I do that every night of the week for the most part, you for know, part. unless <laughs> something really, you know, exciting is going on, right. you know, in Chinese medicine, they say you need to be in bed, uh, between 10 and 11 PM. And so I really work on doing that because truthfully the liver and the gallbladder are working hard at that time and right. they prefer to right. do it while you're asleep. Yes. They'll still work for you while you're awake, but they prefer to do it while you're asleep. So waking around the same time, going to bed around the same time, uh, unplugging from technology, you know, at around nine, even earlier, if possible, mm -hmm. trying not to work late into the night is really helpful. Maintaining the exercise. I drink plenty of water all mm -hmm. day throughout the day. Um, I personally wait a little bit later in the morning before I eat because mm -hmm. that works well for me to just kind of take some time to flush toxins and drink water first. And, and so I eat around the same times. I sleep around the same times. This sounds very simple, but it's No, but that's, that's what I do. read in all of these routines yeah. of these great people. It was like they had to start this time. Yep. They worked from 9 a.m. to 12. They took their walk at 12. Exactly. And like it was saying the neighbors knew what time it was it's because true. there he goes. It's yeah. 12 o'clock. There yep. goes Van Gogh on his walk. It's absolutely true. And, yeah. and your routines, I, uh, you know, speaking of great books, there's so many good books that talk about people that report, you know, just successful living. Mm -hmm. And um, one of them, I think it was Give and Take, was to, uh, by Adam Grant, was talking about just how you would rate, you know, your life successfully. And that one of the things that many people did was they 
put time into their hobbies and they consider that to be as important as every other appointment that they would make. You know, and these are people that work incredibly hard and the harder they work, they tend to work even harder, but they don't compromise on the things that bring them joy. So taking time and putting it in there and not feeling guilty about it and knowing, you know, hey, surfing is my thing, so I'm going to go and I'm going to make sure that I have time to do it is uh, absolutely key to greeting each day in a more balanced way and it's absolutely key to staying healthy 100 people just think it's a hobby it's just extra right right? no 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 No, that's essential to your health to your long-term health Mm -hmm. and i find too many people make i'm not going to say excuses but they kind of say i'm too busy to do that right right they'll say i'd love to do this again right i'd love to play the piano i'd love i did it when i was younger it brought me so much joy I don't have the time. I know. You have to make the you time. You have to make the and time. And you will if you, if you prioritize right. it, right? And truly, honestly, if I could give one more just health tip that's completely free and hard to do, but it will make such a lasting impact is recognizing that a lot of the things we complain about from day to day that contribute to negative health patterns are a direct result of time management. So working on time management and thinking about the fact that like, okay, this is when my workday starts. This is when my workday ends. I take this amount of time to eat my meal. And I also recognize that if I don't make time for the things that give me joy, playing the piano, going out in nature, hiking, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, whatever the exercise routine is, that I come into each day already depleted of some of my joy, and then it becomes even harder to manage my time properly. So it's almost like just flipping the perspective and saying, if I know that I need to structure my time in this way to make sure that I have time for the things that help me relax and all of this, then actually my work will get easier. I think my work is the reason why I'm so unhappy because it keeps me so busy, etc. And it takes away from the time that I have with my family or the time that I have doing the things that I enjoy. But truthfully, it's mapping out those things and making them part of your lifestyle that actually make everything else more manageable. Absolutely. And it's almost reverse psychology it because is. it's like, I have so little time <laughs> right. and you're asking me to make, make time. time. <laughs> I know. But we all have 24 hours in the we day do. and it's not exactly trying to stretch those. It's how you manage those. Mm-hmm. It's what you do with those. So if you are in a place of joy, of yep. happiness, of vitality right. you could do so much more in an hour you, you will true. do so much more in it's an hour it's true and they talk of you know absolutely you think about just how a, a piece of good news energizes you for a few hours and a piece of bad news you know takes the air right out of your tires and yes. the wind out of your sails and so when you come into each day saying you know i did get up and i did get outside and i did do that thing that i love for a few minutes you come in already less stressed more right. wind in your sails and then it's actually easier to manage your time oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I also notice when it comes, you know, so much of healing and the healing journey is also about boundaries, you know, knowing that it is absolutely okay to say no to certain things and to preserve your own boundaries in, in terms of navigating the day in a way that works for you. It's kind of that airplane mask mentality too, where you say, I have to take care of myself in order to take care of other people. Otherwise, this isn't a sustainable thing that I'm doing. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's a big part that people have a lot of guilt with, I think think and trouble dealing with but self-care is is you know is not selfishness no not at all it is you're able to do so much more right and that's why i 
will say you need to prioritize health yes. because without it, you can't help other people. Right. You can't do things right. as well. Right. You won't have the vitality. Right. So invest in your health. You know, I, I there was this patient the other day that I was talking to and, and basically stated, you know, yes, this is expensive. This right. type of care that you sure. guys provide, mm-hmm. it's out of pocket. It's very unique. It's thousands of dollars. It could be this and that. But at the end of the day, I had to ask myself, do I want a new car this year that right. I'm probably not going to drive much because I'll be bedridden right. <laughs> and yeah. won't see my friends at all with yeah. and won't be going anywhere with because that's the life I've been living up till right. now? Right. Or do I just invest in this treatment right. and then buy the car next year yeah. feeling good and right. ready to drive all over the country? Sure. She yeah. says, when I put it like that to myself, right. it was the easiest choice I ever made. It, that's very true. It, it So much of it is about our perspective and, and where we're feeling in the moment and how we're looking at what it is we value. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with investing in yourself and investing in your health. In fact, it's the best investment you're ever going to make. Ever. It you will know? pay back dividends, yes. right? It, yes. More than you could ever imagine. And I think people get comfortable with living in a state of semi-disease or just managing disease and not realizing what it's like to be healthy and how much more productive you can be. Right. And that's alone is, you know, you think of how much more you can accumulate, not just in wealth, monetary, but in experiences, in joy and all these things that have no tangible value. You get used to your baseline. We all do. We all do. And we all go through periods that are more stressful and less stressful. And in the more stressful times, that's when our baseline kind of takes over. and, and, And it is what it is. You think like, well no, I don't have any digestive complaints. I'm just bloated after I eat this food. Well, to me, that's a digestive <laughs> yeah, complaint. Yeah, yeah. And I can help you with that. You right, know, let's, right. let's get rid of that. Yeah, let's that it... is not natural. Yeah, again. <laughs> let's get rid of that. You yeah. know, so it's, it, but we need to be, we, again, it's just a process of awareness and a process of kind of taking those first steps on the journey and learning that you are free to make choices and you are free to advocate for yourself and you're, and you're free to seek the education and to, you know, have a conversation about what seems like it's going to work for you and that you don't have to kind of keep yourself in a same baseline because that's what you are hearing that everybody else is doing or that's what you think is the way that it's always going to be or it always has been, you Mm -hmm. know, so. Within your ritual, um, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, very, I think, um, uh, very strong as an approach to just getting to what you like and and the joy of everything. Are there any supplements or techniques you're using within that? Um, Supplements, I don't use any one thing every day, uh, except unless I'm dealing with something, you know, so um, if I am... I certainly have, you know, a good uh, vitamin, mineral um, supplement that's good for cold season right. that I will take if I'm feeling like I'm getting run down. I, I, you know, I try to support myself with proper minerals and mm-hmm. stay hydrated, but I do tend to rotate the mm-hmm. things that I'm taking, the supplements that I'm on, because I find that the body really appreciates that. So uh, I've certainly taken many um, herbal remedies over the years. Both both Western botanical and Chinese botanical, and I've done, you know, the natural remedies for a long time. Uh, but unfortunately, I wish I could again give that simple answer of, you know, there's one thing that that I do, but it's I I tend to shift things up. Yeah, 
And I think that's what, you know, people ask that question a lot. And there are things I take normally, but yeah. it's really to supplement Correct. what's going on right. in my world, right? Right. If there is a, a cold going around the office, vitamin C right. goes up a exactly. little bit. Other things Precisely. go up. Some adaptogens I'll include in other yeah. things. So, it, you know, I think you have them in your cabinet, One, but yes. you don't need to take them every day. No, no. You know? If you're feeling well, I, you know, there are times when, when you don't really need to be on any one thing every day. In fact, I kind of tend to, this is more my, my personal uh, professional opinion, but mm-hmm. I, anything that I feel like you need to be on every day for the rest of your life, I question it unless there's some kind of a real genetic reason or something right. like this. So there are absolutely things that are just generally good ideas and yes. you, and you do, and you'll see my cabinet is full and I have them there. And, uh, you know, you'll go through periods of taking them on a really regular basis, perhaps for a few months or so. But, um, I do believe that the body is wise and the body heals itself and the body at certain times maybe needs to be retrained to support one organ system or another. And then after that, has adjusted then maybe it's time to work on something else right are there any therapies or anything in medicine on the horizon in naturopathy that is exciting you that you're seeing is going to possibly be big coming up I this is a little bit outside of naturopathic medicine but it's a place where naturopathic medicine fits is Mm -hmm. that I am very excited about incorporating dentistry with medicine Mm. more Mm-hmm. And I do think that that's up and coming, you know, really looking at the importance of what it means to keep the head connected to the body yep. and uh, and work with biological dentists and, and collaborate just more in general with uh, different specialties. Uh, as far as naturopathic medicine is concerned, I really do think that people are just seeking out these natural ways of healing. And of course, we use this word natural and it's kind of broad what does it really Mm -hmm. mean but essentially that people are looking for quote-unquote healing yes i I really not managing right right no healing which is a totally different thing totally different yeah and that excites me because i think that again it's almost this return to our roots yes that we've been disconnected a little bit from our natural world and even from a community-based way of Mm -hmm. thinking and really collaborating with other professionals and recognizing that everybody has something really unique to offer and that we can learn from each other. So this idea that that people are seeking that out, and you will see it via technology, whatever channels it is that you're tuning into, that there are movements in a return to a healthier, quote unquote, way of being, whether it's through yoga and exercise, meditation, um, positive thinking, all of these things are just as much out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as the negative trends that we're seeing, you know, chronic illness and more diagnoses and, and all these kinds of things. So it very much excites me to think about where naturopathic doctors fit into that and how we can kind of continue to have that conversation and to help people to know that they can receive guidance if that's what they're looking for. I agree. I think where, where most people are kind of putting their excitement is still a little bit amiss a in my mind because they're mm-hmm. looking at genetic testing. They're looking right. at technology. And right. I, I do think those things will advance to a way that, that help us right. in some ways. But I think it's going back to looking at what right. worked already. Yes. We're trying to reinvent the wheel and I say know. it's going to be a magic pill that cures everything. Right. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not. not. I'm sorry. I no. will inform you. Never is, will it be. It just a, won't. It won't. No, it's definitely looking back into what 
creates harmony yes. for us. And I think that what I learned in my travels that just I was just blessed and fortunate that I got to have that experience before I really kind of buckled down into all my studies and my career that that kind of thinking about what human beings have in common in all areas around the globe in terms of, you know, we're all eating and we're all doing these kinds of things, different types of exercise regimes or different types of healing practices, that there is a, a unique thread that is common within all of those traditions. And how does that tradition fit into a modern model and a new paradigm? Um, I think that that's what's so exciting because we are returning to the and we're returning to things that we already did. And again, that brings me full circle to this concept of I do believe naturopathic medicine does that really beautifully mm -hmm. because they're taking from what we've learned in advanced science and advanced diagnostics and combining that with a return to the roots of the nature cure type of practices or the things that heal us when we are in harmony with our environment and that doesn't just have to be you know in harmony with I'm out in the woods hiking in the natural environment it's in harmony with my job it's in yes. harmony with my family it's in harmony with my relationships you know all of these things that affect our overall health to to sit with what creates harmony for us uh, is is exciting I think people want it I think we can see that they want it yeah and that's a new trend I, a new I, old trend. And a new old trend. And I do think it is this ability to bridge gaps between nature, science, ancient, and it. modern. We're yes, doing that. We are. You We're know, doing it. It's quantum, already happening. Quantum physics, Correct. I know that, that term gets thrown around a lot. And I do know. It, but I think so much is just explaining what ancient exactly. traditions were looking at right. in different words. Yes. That's it. They yes. used more of, you could say, primitive words, but we're sure. explaining it, right. whatever you want to say. And I think that it's all aligning right yeah, in modern is. times and it's it allowing is. us to understand it a little differently right. and appreciate it more correct and that's what we need to do it is what is we literally need to look do. back and appreciate right. at all these wonderful things these people right. understood so well yes but we're just now catching up with modern terminology R correct right you're correct and i think that our technology you know this what we have how science has advanced technology has advanced it it's just then now coming from like a fusion oriented thinking place where you can say all of these pieces play a role in this in in shifting the paradigm forward you know to not say oh because it's old it doesn't mean anything to us or because it's new it's better you know or that it's the only way forward it's really kind of taking a bird's eye perspective of all of this information and then recognizing that if it's all information it's all coming through then how do we create a cohesive holistic paradigm using all the best of what's there right and that's the approach i think we're all hoping yeah you know, comes in place sooner Definitely. rather than later yes yes <laughs> so what's next for you the nynp naturopathy as a whole what, what you yeah. know what do you have in store what, are you hoping that next year is the year that uh, new york we're gets making licensed? a lot of progress so we we probably will be having a lobby day and we would um have information about that up through the social media channels and okay. on the website so again that you know through the website you can find information about what's happening legislatively so uh, within this session, we'll probably be uh, sending out some information fairly soon about a day when people could go up and and talk to the legislators about getting this process 
going in New York. So our, we, within the NYANP, we have a lot of different things that we're working on. Of course, we're working on legislation, and that's one of the biggest pieces, you know, licensure for naturopathic doctors in New York. Uh, but there are also other th- ways that we, you know, we're trying to incorporate more membership so that doctors can be aware of who all is spread out within New York already and really kind of use that as a resource to educate people, the public, different professionals about naturopathic medicine. So there are ways to do that. And, you know, a call to action would be that right on that website, you can put in your information. And as your zip code pops up, it will give you information how to write a letter right in this moment saying that you support naturopathic medicine in the state of New York and that you want licensure so that we can be protected here in this state. So so that is all happening. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, lot of education and a lot of Uh, you know, uh, push to be more in the front lines in terms of explaining who we are and what we do and that we'd really like to be here. We'd like to bring even more doctors into New York. Mm -hmm. So that's an action people can take right there. People can take, you can do it right now. Yeah. 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 Literally sit down. You sit down and and literally all the work has been taken out of it. So all you have to do is put in your address information and then you'll see how to generate a, a letter and you hit send and it goes right right out there. And I would also say uh, that's something that can be done immediately. It takes three minutes, if mm-hmm. that, but also just using the uh, websites, the nyanp.org and then the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians has a wealth of resource information to just clarify a lot of this consumer confusion that happens. They will get, there's tons of information about what naturopathic doctors really do, how are they trained, you know, where is their full licensure, what are the different scopes of practice throughout the United States. So we're really hoping that using these different types of you know media channels that will be able to clarify a lot right. of the confusion that's there and then as we clarify that confusion we will also push to have licensure you know in the entire country that would be great and if you're listening go do that take those three minutes because that gives you power that gives yes. you power of choice even Absolutely. if you're not sure you're ever going to see right a naturopath right or maybe you don't feel you need to do anything right now right you're going to want to have that choice at some point. Yes. And someone you know will want and to have that choice. And we deserve to have that we choice. We deserve to have it. Our Whether or not you believe that's fine, you know. Right. But you should have that choice. Right. You don't want to go into the grocery store and have only one cereal buy. Like people would not let you have right. the choices even if you don't like them sometimes. Right. I think that that provides you with power, freedom. So yes. I think taking just three minutes and that does make a statement, correct? It's yep. not just a wasted sort of. No, no, minutes. it's a statement that goes right immediately to your legislator. And right. so that is the the best way because I, I everybody, whether you're a patient or a politician or a professional of in any other field, we all need to understand what naturopathic medicine is. And you're absolutely correct that we all need to have that choice. We have to have access. You know, just like we have access to the other things that are available for us now. So so going there, yeah, it, it sends something and that letter will be sent. It will be received. And yeah. the more we send, the better. The more, the better. So absolutely take those couple minutes just to, and that really empowers you and, and your health choices. Where can people learn? Because you said nyamp.com, uh, dot org, mm-hmm. or, right? Mm-hmm. They yes. can go there. We'll put that up as well. Where can they learn more about you? 
So I, I am up there. They can find there. me there, but also on my website, which is transformationalhealing.me. And that's with your practice? That's or? with my practice. Yeah. 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 So, so if you, you want to find get out about there, me there, become a patient, right? Yes, absolutely. So that, that's a good resource as well. Yes. Any last uh, things you want to add in this? Anything about naturopathy or anything to share? Yeah. I'm really just so grateful to have this conversation with you because I really think that it's these kinds of conversations that are going to create the paradigm shift that we're looking for. So I'm, you know, I think it's just a wonderful uh, way to have an open-minded conversation about where medicine has been, where it is now, where it's going, and that there are so many different things that we have and so many different um, skilled professionals that if we're able to continue these types of conversations, then even if people leave you know, this session with more questions, they know where to go to have some more access to information for educated responses to their questions. Right. So, and that's what we're trying to do, right? We said communication, communication, having this dialogue, having this, having the questions, having the skepticism, and any not being movement afraid is good to movement, have right? It, right. And not yeah. being afraid to have the conversation and to say, I'm really confused about this. What is it? You know, is right. it safe? Is it not safe? Who are you? You know, we just have to get out there more often and, and have these talks and really recognize that this is just about our human evolution and, and how we feel moving forward, what kind of a world we want to have with medicine and healing and and all of the things that we're currently uh, involved in. It's really exciting just to continue these discussions and think about how to support people as they make these serious decisions mm -hmm. about what to do with their health, what yeah. to do with their... It's, it's probably the biggest decision yeah. they will make. Absolutely. Because again, health is everything and trying to yeah. regain your health is right. a matter of life and death for, you know, most. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we're, we're facing some really kind of serious issues within our country and around the globe with, right. you know, a lot more uh, chronic illness and, and, and diseases that are complicated and hard to treat. Mm -hmm. And like we said before, I just think that it's the, the most important piece to me as a professional is to make sure that people have access to all the information, whatever, you know, is out there so that they feel like they can make an educated choice. Yeah. And I would really love to see it come to a place where it's fully collaborative. You know, that would be... That would be the best. That's the dream, right? That's, That's what we're all hoping for. And we'll get there. We, we will. will. With, with people like we'll yourself. We'll get there because here we are. And we're, we are. we're talking about it right now. Yeah, and how yeah. to help people to, to be walking that path. Yeah. Well, you're doing a wonderful job. And thank you for thank all you're you. doing to push this forward. It's really important. Thank you. If you're listening, go to the website. Yeah. That's go to the there. website because that will keep you, you know, that'll keep you tuned into what's going on. And, and for people who are able to, uh, in the, within the profession or a healthcare profession, want to become a member, then you'll receive the newsletters that, you know, give the updates what we do. We do always have a, we ha tend to have an annual conference in the fall. So, so we're out there and we would love to just be available to right. more people in New York so uh, we can be reached through any one of those channels. Great, great. Here's the thing I hope you got from this episode. There are lots of approaches to healing and staying healthy out there and the greater your awareness of them are, the more power you have to make the best choices for your health. Dr. Trivisono did a great job showcasing what naturopathic doctors can do, but there's another side to the story where you can get involved, and that's to let your voice be heard and support these causes that are limited by bureaucracy and old regulations. I know a lot of naturopathic doctors, 
my co-founder at Innovative Medicine being one. And I'm still really disappointed they can't fully practice what they've been taught in New York State. So if you'd like to help out and do something about it, the NYAMP is having a lobby day for interested supporters of licensure of NDs in New York in Albany, Wednesday, April 22nd. They're also having their annual conference called Lighting the Path to Success in New York City on Saturday, October 17th. You can learn about these events and how you could get involved or even help directly on their website at nyanp.org. Remember, you don't just have remarkable power to heal yourself, but you have the power to spark change and action that can create a movement towards a new paradigm of medicine. Till next time, this is Casper Schultz hoping you can continue to write your own amazing healing story.